The reading of God's word is Acts chapter 2, verses 36 to 42. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus. He be crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I was saying that there are many, well, I think I said good morning, but I was saying that there are many great days that we read about in the Bible. Last month at Christmas, we thought about the birth of Jesus in terms of other, other great days, days of particular significance. We might think about the resurrection or perhaps creation. There were six pretty spectacular days then. Well, this morning, we're going to look at another great day in the Bible, the day of Pentecost. In any sort of top 10 Bible days, the day of Pentecost would surely feature. In his last words on earth before he ascended into heaven, Jesus promised that his Holy Spirit would come. You can read that in the previous chapter, verse 8. And the day of Pentecost was the moment that his Spirit arrived. And so with the help of some of the children, we're going to have a look at precisely what happened on the day of Pentecost. So I'm going to need some some young volunteers, please. Um, If you want to follow in your Bibles, we're going to be working through Acts chapter 2. So if any of the children want to come to the front, we've got lots of parts which we're going to need people to, to play as we work through the day of Pentecost. So Acts chapter 2, so we begin, in, we begin in verse 1, and it says that they, the, the 12 apostles or disciples, were all together in one place. So I've got one place here, so I need, I need 12 disciples to go into this one place. I've made a little door here, if you all want to make your way in. Very good. What, how, how are we doing? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right. Keep coming in, any, any one of the apostles. In you come. Take a seat. We might need a bit of artistic license here. There'll be some more roles in a minute. So we've got the 12 apostles in one place, and we see in verse 2 that suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came and filled the whole house. Can you hear that? Take it from me, there's a violent wind filling the whole house at the front here. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated 
and came to rest on each of them. So you all need a tongue of fire each. Can you, can you hand them out to me, please? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. How are we doing with the tongues? We're up to verse 4. Then they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. So the Holy Spirit enabled them to talk about God in other languages. So we also need... Can you hand out the flags to me? So we're also going to have a flag each to demonstrate the different languages that the apostles were talking in. So obviously there was quite a lot going on in this, in this one place at that time. And we read in verse 5 that there were staying in Jerusalem at the time God-fearing Jews from every nation, from every country. They were in Jerusalem because it was the annual festival of Pentecost, which was celebrated... Apostles, can we, can we take our seats with our flags, please? Thank you. There were God-fearing Jews who were, celebrating, who were celebrating the festival of Pentecost. Now, when the God-fearing Jews heard this sound, we're doing, we're doing that bit quite well. When the God-fearing Jews heard the sound, we read that a crowd gathered. So any more children that want to come and be, come and be part of the crowd can come to the front. And we read that the crowd was confused because they all heard, remember they were, they were from lots of different countries, and the crowd was confused because they all heard their own languages being spoken. And so the crowd, the crowd all need a flag as well to represent the languages that they were hearing the different apostles speaking. Now amongst the confusion that was going on, some in the crowd said, oh, they've had too much wine, verse 13. But then what happens is one of the apostles called Peter, who wants to be the apostle Peter? Right, why don't you be Peter? The apostle Peter stands up, so Peter's having the microphone, and addresses the crowd, okay? So the crowd's gathered, the apostles are all together, and Peter addresses the crowd. Now, the first thing Peter does is he tells them that they haven't actually been on the source. It's only nine in the morning. Don't worry about that. And he then goes on to preach to them a sermon, which is very interesting because he, he wasn't anticipating that morning to have preached them. He wouldn't have woken up expecting to have given a sermon. But having been filled with the Spirit, and led by the Spirit, he goes on to preach to them using quotations from two characters in the Old Testament, which we're going to look at quickly. The first, the first person that Peter quotes from the Old Testament is a prophet called Joel. Now, I wonder whether somebody, want, somebody wants to be the prophet Joel for me. Right, you can come out and be Joel. Let's get this, let's get this prophet, prophet outfit on you. Where's my Bible? So Peter, Peter starts preaching and he quotes 
an Old Testament prophet called Joel, who tells them, who told everyone, he told this up so we can see, that God would pour out his spirit. Now, we don't know when exactly Joel was writing, but it was several hundred years before the New Testament day of Pentecost. And mostly, Joel was writing about the, the, the judgment on a place called Judah. But in the midst of that, he includes th- this little promise, a future blessing, that one day God would pour out his spirit. In the Old Testament, God's spirit came to certain people at certain times for certain purposes. But there was a day coming, Joel wrote, when God would pour out his spirit. And the day of Pentecost was the day that that happened and his Holy Spirit arrived. The second, the second person that Peter quotes in his, in his sermon was King David from the Old Testament. Now, I need somebody to be King David for me. Yeah, why don't you come and be King David for me? We're going to pop this over your head. Okay. So you look very regal. Don't know if there's armholes or not. We're going to put this little crown on you. And then can you come and stand next to Joel and hold what David said? Here we are. So Peter used, Peter used Joel to, tell, to explain to them the phenomenon that they'd witnessed. That one day the Holy Spirit was going to come. And Peter used David to talk to them about Jesus, the means by which they could be saved. And David looks forward to the coming of Jesus, and we read quite a lot about him in this chapter, that he was from Nazareth, that he did miracles, wonders and signs, that he was put to death on a cross, but that God raised him from the dead because death could not contain him. And David wrote that Jesus would come and bring paths of life. Jesus would bring a new way that could ultimately lead to the fullness of joy in his presence. How are we doing, Peter? So, Peter's sermon, Peter's sermon finish, finishes, and we read that the people, like we sung, were cut to the heart. They'd heard from Joel that there was a day coming when the Holy Spirit would be poured out. They'd heard from David that Jesus was going to come and offer a new and living way. And as a result of that, it says the people were cut to the heart. I wonder what, what, is, what is cutting to the heart means? It, it, it really means you're, you're very affected by something. It really, you really feel it deep inside you. And I wonder if, if you've ever been cut to the heart. I was cut to the heart just before Christmas. Should I tell you what happened? Well, uh, friends of ours had a, had a baby. And uh, as you do, we went round to coo over the newborn. And uh, I'd had a cuddle, done some cooing, and then I had, to, I, I had to head off. But Rebecca stayed a bit longer and later reported to me that this so-called friend described my hair as being salt and pepper. <laughs> what? I mean, n- not many people get to the, the second half of their 30s without a single grey hair, but... Salt and pepper, you're kidding me, right? So I got home, I got home that day and I, I stood in front of the mirror doing this and 
looking and... and... Do you know why I was cut to the heart? I was cut to the heart because I realised that she was right. You can only be cut to the heart by something that's true. If it wasn't right, I would just have brushed it off and been like, no, what's she on about? But I was cut to the heart because it was true. And the crowd that day, the crowd, were cut to the heart because they realised that what, that what Joel had promised, the coming of the Spirit, was true. That what David had said would happen, that Jesus would bring a new way, was also true. And so the crowd said to Peter, oh, here we are, hello, Peter. The crowd said to Peter, what should we do, brothers, what should we do? And Peter responds fairly emphatically in verse 38, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice how personal this is. It says, repent every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The offer we see in verse 39 is to everyone, for all who are far off. But the decision was personal. At the end of the passage, we see that 3,000 made a choice that day. Lisa told us about how she made a choice on a particular day. And our hope and prayer over the weeks and months ahead, as we continue our series on revival, is that some amongst us in Blackheath would make the personal choice to repent in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.